G'day Noobers, welcome back to the Noob Spirit Podcast. If you're new here for the first time, welcome aboard. My name's Isaac, aka Shrek. I'm the host of the Noob Spirit Podcast. And if you're not aware of it, we've got a Kickstarter running right now called 99 uh, 99 Spiro Recipes. And it's crowdsourced recipes from the spearfishing community, from Spiros just like you from every corner of the world. There's more than 140 actionable seafood meals to help you become a better cook to go along with the better Spiro that you're becoming. So check it out. It's available on Kickstarter now. There's a limited time left. But hey, you didn't come here to listen to that. You came here to find out about part two of this awesome adventure that I did to the Southern Great Barrier Reef with the Adreno team. If you want to learn more about this trip, go to adreno.com.au and check out their Capricorn Bunker spearfishing charters aboard the Eastern Voyager. That is where I recorded these interviews and had an absolute ball doing it with a with an awesome crew um love most of the uh well i can't say most i, I loved all of the adreno crew uh aboard the boat and uh, had an absolute blast with them uh from the contract temp producer um amy to taylor all the crew and sam cox the first guy that ever sold me a spear gun had an absolute blast tim nielsen he even retrieved my dive knife against current in more than 20 meters uh and saved me 50 bucks from having to buy a new dive knife at his shop so i thought he was an absolute gentleman but anyway today's interview i hope you enjoy it it's the um second and final round to the first interview that i did a couple of weeks ago about this trip so enjoy that i want to get into a voice message here from chris bacon tazzy adventure man have a listen to this hey noob spiro community my name is chris from tazzy adventure man and i've submitted an awesome abalone recipe to the 99 spiro recipes book that's soon to come out now, this recipe book sounds like it's right up my alley. Good, wholesome seafood cooked up on the beach, on the rocks, at home, in the boat, wherever you like. I think this book's going to change the whole culture on spearfishing and how we eat out of the ocean and open up so many different varieties of species that we can put on our, on our dinner plates. Now, if you want your copy, head to noobspiro.com forward slash 99 recipes. All right, so that's noobspiro.com forward slash 99 recipes. All right, everyone take care, look after yourselves, and I'll see you out in the water. Cheers. And to go along with that fantastic voice message from Tazzy Adventure Man was a podcast review. Uh, excellent information and entertaining crew. I have been crushing this podcast and really enjoy each interview. Best information by the most responsible and professional Spiro. Shrek is a great host and keeps me wanting more. Thanks, Noob Spiro Podcast. Can't wait to buy that recipe book. And uh, yeah, cheers for that review. Come out of the US. Um, awesome. And um, again, check out 99 Spiro Recipes on Kickstarter right now. Adreno, stocks equipment for noobers. Your gear needs for all things freediving and spearfishing. The Adreno Spearfishing Team froth on helping customers learn about the latest in equipment, local diving, upcoming trips and events for Spiros of all levels of experience. Visit them in-store, everywhere, and chat to one of their friendly team members. Take advantage of the Noob Spiro discount code. Save $20 on every purchase over $200. That's right, you can now use the code NoobSpiro, one word, in-store or online at adreno.com.au or visit one of their stores, talk to one of the stoked, frothing legends in one of their Adreno spearfishing stores today. Again, visit them at adreno.com.au, use the code NoobSpiro. The Noob Spiro podcast is incredibly proud 
to be partnering with Neptonics.com. It's solid gear that works, equipment you can rely on. It's the very best in spearing gear from around the planet. Neptonics is also the one-stop shop for all your spearfishing gear, particularly in the US. They've got free shipping on all orders over $99 in the US. Furthermore, you can use the code NOOB10 to save 10% off on your entire shopping basket at Neptonics.com. Use the code NOOBSPEAR at Neptonics.com. Manscaped is the best in below-the-waist grooming, designed, in fact, for groin grooming. No more awkward moments with pubes hanging out the side of your budgie smuggler. Anyway, get 20% off and free shipping with the code NOOBSPEARO. One word, N-O-O-B-S-P-E-A-R-O at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code NOOBSPEARO. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you and so will the girls that have to look at you in a pair of budgie smugglers. Welcome aboard the Eastern Voyager. Uh, I'm here with Wayne Judge. Well, I'm going to get around and do a whole bunch of little micro interviews. We're on our way back. We're motoring back to Gladstone. We've just spent five full day days diving. I've had an absolute ball. Wayne's spilling his wine. I'm going to spill my uh, my rum and coke in a sec. Wayne, um, have you had fun, mate, on this trip? Yeah, I've had great fun. It's been a long time since I've done a, a, a trip, or I should say a complete trip. <laughs> my last trip was the Adreno trip a year ago or so. was a little cut short. I um, I was stoked that, that, that when I found out you were coming because I went diving like two weeks before this trip in Brisbane and my performance was woeful. So I was like straight back to Brisbane Bull Sharks. I got two sessions in, really, really good fitness for spearfishing. And, and I think because of that, this trip wasn't that bad for me. Yeah, well, you probably picked the right sessions to come past because we were working hard on, you know, long-term kicking, you know, big swims, you know, a metre, uh, sorry, a kilometre underwater in a night yeah, of 50 yeah. metres. That's very good for spearfishing training. I did that full kilometre and then the next one, I think we did something else that was equally brutal. And then at the end, you pretended to black out on me, which is good, <laughs> but my, my bloody calf muscles locked out and... Um, that was it. Game over. Yeah, look, that that was a, uh, a a sad moment when I saw you on the side of the pool. I went, oh, gee, I caused that. That's <laughs> <laughs> nah, all good. For you, Wayne, um, we've had five days out diving. It seems like you've had some trouble with um, accuracy with your spear guns. Um, do you want to comment on that? Yeah, look, uh, you know, when you're dealing with ro uh, roller guns, you, you've got to find that if you don't keep going out and keep on your game, that sometimes they just get out of hand. There's so many things to adjust. You know, you've got the size of spear, length of rubber, width of rubber, you know, uh, how much pretension and things like that. And when I got up here on my go-to gun, I was just not working for me. Yeah, right. I um, You've still shot some cracker fish, though, so I'm not writing any of that off, but it, I've definitely noticed in the last day and a half you've been frustrated swapping guns. You went back to just a standard 1-3 Rob Allen tuner. Yeah, how's that? And you look, that you know, I used one of those for nearly 20 years. So you can understand why I started smacking fish with it, you know, because uh, it's my whole system is actually still built into that. And I compare every gun, its accuracy, where it puts the spear, along the same lines as the uh, 1.3 Rob Allen. So as soon as I picked up this guy's 1.3, now I, I haven't used one for over two years. Well, then I started picking fish off, you know? Yeah, nice. Yeah, I was with you. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, that's it. right, yeah. It's good. <laughs> it's good to see you slaying stuff. Um, yeah, still, you're still in your element, Wayne. 67 years old, 
still out diving me, still out shooting me. <laughs> um, you're, you're an absolute weapon and a great bloke to learn from and to be on a trip with. Um, last time, obviously, your trip was cut short because you, you literally stabbed yourself. Yeah, yeah, my leg got in the way. <laughs> <laughs> this trip, have you had any high points, low points, and uh, what have you sort of taken away from it? Uh, look, it has to be one of the high points. Is I got to dive uh, Guthrie Shoals. Okay. Yeah, and it's, I've, I've done Haverfield a lot. It was my favourite place in all the bunker group, but I hadn't done Guthrie. So amazing that I, uh, you know, we did the, the, uh, the trip out there with the, um, the big trips because they don't usually go out there because it's, it's so far away from any shelter. Yeah. But we had a nice window. We went out there and we did uh, many long drifts. First day up, so we're really working it, you know. Yeah, Long drifts over, unbelievable ground, you know. Yeah. It was fantastic. I've seen some, of, like I've done a couple of these trips out here. This is my second trip out here on this boat, but I've done a couple of trailer boat trips out as well. But this trip, I swear, like the visibility, the ocean conditions, um, and the, the, the coral and the life out here is just absolutely phenomenal. Fantastic. To drift over Guthrie Shoals with 30 metres visibility was stunning. Yeah. It really was. And um, the boat, in, in general, we've pulled out a bunch of really special species, um, for you, any any special ones? Yeah, my uh, personal best, uh, Mary Sea Perch. Yeah, that yeah, was nice. good. And then uh, that was from Guthrie's. And then uh, uh, what was it? it? Must have been yesterday at um, this reef. We did. Uh, I got my probably my biggest tusky for eight years. Oh yeah, that was nearer on. Would have been over eight, definitely over eight, mm. possibly nine. And I shot a couple as well. Yeah, at, and uh, they were both stonkers. But that was an afternoon session where we started off really slowly <laughs> and then we've eventually moved. We found a nice drift in sort of 15 and 20 metres and um, you shot four fish in very quick succession before generously allowing me to bloody get in there and take in a boaty run. So uh, thank you for that. Yeah, well, once I put the uh, tusky on the, on the boat, I went, oh, look, that's a special fish. And, you know, I like to do that change on, a, on getting a good fish. You do a change, you give someone else a chance. And you certainly took advantage of it. You've got a couple of great fish in there, beautiful yeah. fish. So uh, it made the whole session really rock. Oh, 100%, yeah. I think I threw over a four-kilo tusky or thereabouts. Oh, one of them, there was one of them that was, was bigger than that. It must have been six or something. Yeah, the second one I think was about six or maybe seven. Mm. And, uh, yeah, beautiful. Loved it. Yeah, no, fantastic. And they're yeah, just a stunning fish to get. Some of the best eating you get. Give me tusky over trout any day. So these Eastern Voyager trips out to the bunker group, are they something you'd recommend for, um, for everyone? Oh, Absolutely. If you're coming up the ranks and you've got yourself a, a, some diving under your, under your belt. Now, funny enough, you can say got some diving under your belt. We've had people on this trip that had hardly any. Yeah, none. And here they are now sparing fish and equalising down to 10, 12 metres, no yeah. problem. So it's been it's interesting to see that they can get that on, that, on, the, on their first trip. I almost feel like you want some diving under your belt before you come out here, though. I think it's, it makes your trip worth it, though, because yeah. you want to be probably, you know... 12 to 15 metres under your belt and some shooting yeah. skills. You're going to come home with a bag, you know, yeah. bag, a good bagging of trout and a few other species. I mean, the water's clear, it's warm, and um, if you're a 10 metre dive in, like, temperate, dirty water, then you're probably a 15 metre diver out here. Yeah, true. And um, it's a great place to expand on that and develop a real good skill set. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, if you've got the right team, like, I mean, I work for Adreno, you know, and all these guys are my uh, workmates, so... 
we have a great uh, camaraderie about it. And then we've got uh, paying guests, like full paying guests here as well, and it just clicked. What a great trip this yeah, has been. Yeah. The Adreno guys, it pays them to look after you and make sure you're doing well. So, yeah, I think it's an ideal place to get that set of skills. Cool, Wayne. I'm going to head off and um, interview everyone, try and get everyone in. Um, just for you, was there any parting tips or guidance for people that are coming out here for their first trip? Yeah, you know, probably one thing is is uh, not so much take your time. I look, uh, I have to say Shrek just builds his rum, <laughs> like <laughs> half a glass. <laughs> it's the end of the trip where you've just finished dinner, so it's completely understandable. Look, uh, my, my thing on it is if you're just coming out here, you're got to focus on the fact you're here to enjoy it you're not here to do anything that's for anybody else but enjoying the trip and getting your money's worth if you're the sort of diver who'll go out every day and that's you slog it slog it slog every day great it's good for that if you're the diver that every second day or so you miss a session so you can catch up on a little bit of, well that's fine too you know yeah, yeah. it's really uh, up to your take on it and i'd say make the trip your own and so that you're always enjoying it nice wayne good advice all right Thank you. I'm going to keep moving. My and, pleasure. Uh, All the best. I'm, I'm just reading the, the uh, like the trip board here. Everyone's adding their own thoughts from this trip. I'll read you out. I'll read you out a couple of the. Co- I got a few excited fellas. I'm about to interview Jack, Ryan, and Geordie, the three guys we heard from at the start of the trip. They, they've both, they've all been graffitiing on this board. I'll read you out a couple of comments for your reference. Cunts, but good cunts. Signed, Jack. Live it, love it, fuck it. George, and best trip ever, Amy. Dick and balls from some random. Dave, <laughs> Dave said. Dave said blah, blah, blah. And uh, and Jack said something about taking something in the eye. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the Noob Spirit Podcast. I've got um, I've got Jack here. Jack, mate, how much spearing had you done before this trip? And uh... Uh, about fuck all, <laughs> fuck all, mate. I've done one of these trips before. Yeah. And uh, I was I was hopeless, honestly. It took me the whole trip to land one measly trout that was barely thirty-eight centimeters. So coming back here, it was satisfying to build on those skills. Yeah. Nice. And what did you end up with? What was your sort of your tally? What was your proudest catch? My proudest catch was the first day I landed my first Spanish mackerel, and it was probably around the seven kilo mark, so nothing crazy. Beautiful. But, mate, I was stoked on it. Yeah, and, you know, same for Amy, first Spanish, but yeah. Oh, yeah it was, sorry, yeah, yeah. I'll let, I'll let Amy cover that when it comes to it, but yeah, yeah, that's it. What happened to you when, it, when you shot the mackerel? What did you learn? Like, what, how do they behave when you shoot them? What do I, they look like when they approach? First thing I learned was I needed a second wetsuit. It was code brown. I was uh, I was pretty excited. You pooed your pants. I shit the wetsuit. Yeah. Just yeah. turtle or oh shit. <laughs> no, nah, no. Nah, look, for, I got lucky with that first mackerel that it didn't fight crazy on me, and um, I, I had a pretty good shot on it and pulled it in, brained it, and it was no issues. But 
Um, I think the biggest thing I learned on this trip, probably the most learning I did was when I didn't have a spear gun in my hands and it was yeah. just watching, like watching and then like even filming and, and learning how to get close to fish Yeah, and it's just not having that urgency about you and just being relaxed and, and just being, you know, acting like you're not interested. Who were some of your best role models that you filmed and learned stuff off? Honestly, I spent a lot of time with Luke this trip yeah. and he was very methodical about teaching these newer Spiros about how to get into it. Yeah. And he made everything a process and it was awesome. Yeah. 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 And, uh, Sorry, I thought Wayne got you onto the mackerel, though, didn't he? I got me onto the mackerel, mate. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, we got, yeah. uh, we'll leave that one out. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Mack. Jack with the Mac. Jack's back. Nice job, Jack. Um, for <laughs> other people coming out here for their first trip, what sort of spearfishing experience, at a minimum, do you recommend that they should have? And what's your advice to them in general? I think just like everyone else here, just aiming for the trout because there's plenty of them. Um, but I think just working on, if anything, you're like you're free diving and working on that equalization and getting down there. And then from there, that sort of hunting approach about how to approach a fish um, and just how to give yourself the best chance of getting near something that's a, a decent catch. Yeah. How, did, how did the Frenzel technique work out for you for the rest of the trip? It took me probably a couple of days to work up to, honestly. Like, but by the second day, I was a lot better than I was previously. Like I was, I was comfortably getting down to that 10-metre mark. Um, breath hold wasn't an issue. It's just temperamental ears, but I was feeling way calmer in the water. Yeah. Can you remember any sort of things that you learned to overcome? Like what, did, what small adaptations did you make to make the equalising work for you? Um, just focusing on getting down to that depth you need to get to and not the fish for me. So instead of, you know, like beelining it for the, that trout you've spotted on the surface and instead thinking the first thing I need to do is get to that 10 metre mark or get down to the, down to the base and, um, and then look at where I am relative to that fish. That was the biggest biggest learning curve for me. Yeah. So getting onto the bottom and then starting That's your hunt it. from there. That's it. That's good, isn't it? Because it's like it allows you to isolate on things. And the trout's not like, oh, here comes the steam train straight at me sort of thing. Yeah, exactly right. Like more often than not, if you're going straight for that fish, it, it's smarter than you think it's going to be. And it's going to know that you're coming for it. But getting down to the bottom there... That gives you the best chance of getting that fish, yeah. That's a real common one with new guys is they just swim straight at the fish. Yeah. And it's like you learn by just doing a simple L, which is literally like straight down the bottom and then swimming to the fish makes all the difference. Yeah, it's hard to get your head around because you want to get straight to it and put a yeah. spear through it. But like... A straight need, line with spearfishing is not a straight it line. It never works. Yeah. Uh, I've tried many times, I can tell you that. And I still tried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this shit for 10 years, I was still trying it. Today. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That was my biggest learning curve right yeah. there and it, it made a world of difference. Yeah. Um, PB, so your PB fish of the trip was the mackerel? It, it's the mackerel for sure. Yeah, but nice. at the same time, last time I was out here, it took me a whole week pretty well to get myself a trout. And this, and this trip I was doing it at least a trout a day. And yeah, it was nice. just that confidence of being comfortable in the water and knowing how to hit that bottom and, um, and then line up your fish. That was what did it for me. Sorry, I'm just subtly hinting. Slightly distracted by the fact you don't have a beverage right now. Yeah, let's right leave now. the silence yeah. and I'll see if the hinting works. I'll just let this uh, argument about drinks yeah. carry on before I move on. Well, while we're but here, Jack, 
Uh, you oh, sorry, I was wanting to ask you if you could uh, tell your viewers something about the soggy sayo technique. <laughs> I don't think that's for this podcast. That's fair enough. That's for my other podcast, the new but Lion Fisher. If anyone, really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it never sees the light of day, I'm happy with that. Yeah, Jack, you've been an absolute ball of fun on this trip, mate. I've enjoyed the uh, the wit and the the the. The jokes backwards and forwards, obviously, like, I've owned you several times and you haven't just been a sook about it. You've just copped it and uh, like you did with that thing on the face earlier. So Yeah, well, thanks, Shrek. It's, it's really easy when you feel sorry for someone. So uh, it, was, it was no issues for me, mate. So, yeah, really enjoyed being on the trip with you and uh, you're a good punching bag. Cheers. <laughs> thanks, Jack. Awesome, bro. Um, let's go to Geordie. Geordie. Joel. Definitely not Joel. <laughs> I don't know what's happened this last day. Everyone's just been uh, confusing me. With... Did I call you Joel? No, you didn't. No, Amy and then like several other people. I mean, if I look like Joel, I would be pretty darn happy. I think it's because you've and got the worst. same energy of Joel. The star- I definitely don't. I definitely don't. No, Joel you has don't. a mentality nice. and an eagerness that no one can match. I've never oh, seen it in him. I think this, 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 we had awards for different fish for the trip. We should have had an award for the most stoked. Joel would always win it. Joel would be 100%. Amy, Amy yeah. winched a lot after shooting a platinum snapper. It was no stoke, Amy. Yeah, 100%. I think everyone was fucking stoked about the plant and snapper, and I'm like... It's pretty gnarly. Yeah. But anyway, this isn't about Amy Stoke. This is about Geordie Stoke. Yeah. And it's about Joel Stoke. About Joel Stoke. <laughs> Joel soon. We don't want to confuse the viewers, but... Uh, the listeners. The listeners, sorry. I don't do a YouTube thing because no, um, I'm ugly. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yes. uh, getting past that. Mm. Um, Geordie, you had a good trip. I had a fantastic trip. Yeah. I've learned so much uh, over this past week. You know, before coming here, I'd only been in the water once with a spear gun and shot one fish. And, yeah, this whole week's just been so beneficial to me. And, you know, being the manager of the Gold Coast Adreno just allows me to, you know, take this knowledge back to my staff and um, hopefully put what I've learned onto some new customers coming through the door as well. I started jiu-jitsu two years ago. I was 38, 37, something like that. Walking into a jiu-jitsu studio, I've got a brand new white gi and I know nothing. Um, it was a very uncomfortable experience as a, you know, like as a guy starting to get older, you expect to be confident and competent at whatever you do. Um, stepping into the spearfishing arena, you'd shot one fish before you come out here. Um, for you, was that an issue? Not at all, because... Because I've had so many years of, like, scuba diving background, I'm very, very confident in the water, like... You know, I'm not too worried about, you know, being submerged underwater and equalising and just being in the moment. Um, Obviously, like, dealing with things like depth and sharks, you know, coming up for whatever you've shot at and things like that creates a little bit of, I guess, scariness or a little bit of uh, doubt in your mind. Um, But because of that background, being in the water, like, I was fairly confident, um, happy to take on any challenge with full head of steam and... um, yeah, just reap the benefits of whether it was a failure or, a, you know, an accomplishment. I watched you for a few dives and you're a guy that seemed to be able to get down and 
start to boogie in 10, 12 metres and lay there quite easily from the get-go. That's a huge advantage when it comes out here. Did you find that it, it helped with hunting? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, having the opportunity to go on a number of different um, sessions with a number of different people, I got to learn so many different things. And um, having the ability to, you know, just get down to the reef or to the sand. Um, I think Trevor said, you know, it adds, you know, a couple more seconds of, uh, of your bottom time. Um, and it allows you to relax, you know, once you have like a solid object underneath you, you know, you're able to sort of look around and, you know, even if there's something from the surface you've seen might, might have swum away, there's still something else that you can catch your eye and, you know, you can still make the most out of that dive. Um, so it was, yeah, it was definitely a huge um, benefit to me over this week. Um, and it allowed me to increase my bottom time and my comfortability, um, even just holding the gun and being under the water, holding the reef. High point of the trip? Probably my first legal uh, coral trout. Yeah. <laughs> um, I definitely had a few pot shots and got a few small ones. But, um, yeah, the first one, you know, I think it was about 40 centimetres, which was um, really awesome um, to have that come on the, on the boat and um, get those fillets and, you know, seal them up and have my name written on it. It was, yeah, really, really beneficial. Yeah, it's a good and, feeling, eh? Yeah, it was just awesome, you know. The fact that, like, even just thinking, you know, past the trip, like, I get to go home and I get to show my missus and cook it up and, yeah. you know, have dinner and just talk about, like, the actual dive itself. You know, that's the exciting part for me. Yeah. When you come on this trip, it seemed like you were almost burnt out, like, with your lifestyle. You've got a hectic commute. You're, you're doing a stressful job and it's um, out of your... Um, you know, geographical area, you, you're driving mm. a long way to do it. Yep. I know this shop's got a lot of, there's a lot of energy about spearfishing and selling spearfishing gear. Mm. Adreno's a great brand to work for. But when you came on this trip, it seemed like you were pretty tuckered out. How did you sort of recover and just um, find a good headspace? Um, yeah, like, you know. Pretty personal question, but <laughs> I'm, I'm unloading. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, look, um, being the manager of the Gold Coast store, it definitely has its challenges, but I'm so privileged to have the job um, and to even just work for Adreno um, itself is just such a huge accomplishment for me. Yeah. You know, with everything that's going on back home, um, you know, I was unemployed for such a long time and to have the opportunity to come and work for Brisbane Adreno and then get the call up to, you know, be the assistant manager and then get the call up again to Gold Coast manage, um, you know, I'm super, super privileged and, you know, the fact that I get to come on this trip um, is just so amazing. Yeah. Uh, I never would have thought that I'd be spearfishing on, in, you know, in the Coral Sea yeah. at all in my life. So yeah. um, the fact that I get to come here um, with people that I really love working with um, and really love spending time with outside of work, um, I was definitely pooped coming into the trip. Um, but like anything that I, you know, sort of have going on in my life, I take it with a full head of steam and just try and put as much effort, 100% effort into it and, you know, as I said before, if I fail at it or if I don't succeed straight away, like I just get back up and keep going and going and going. Um, it takes a lot for me to be completely burnt out. So, you know, even if I'm, you know, on my last legs, I'll still try and push, you know, an extra 10% out, you know, an extra, you know, 1% out, that kind of thing. So um, I'm completely wrecked now. I can't wait to go home and have a sleep. A um, proper sleep in your own bed. Yeah, sleep in my own bed, you know. Um, I think it's well-deserved. Yeah, nice. Um before we head on, I mean, any struggles you had that you could help someone else walk through or any advice for people taking on this trip for the first time? Yeah, I think with, like, diving um, itself is just finding the time to do it or finding the people to do it. 
Um, and obviously being a part of this team, you know, it's so easy to spend time with people that, you know, have been doing it for a long time. But um, if you're completely new to it, you know, it's really good to get involved with groups and, um, you know, take it take it head on. You know, you know, there's there's a lot of scariness out there and, you know, I think a number of us have said it this trip, you know, we're living our best lives out at sea at the moment, you know. Um, this week has gone incredibly fast as we come to the last day, but, you know, if you just sort of grab it with grab it with both hands and just, you know, let it let it run, um, you'll definitely reap the benefits of it, you know, awesome, in the long Jordan. run. Awesome, man. I'm looking forward to coming down and doing a live interview down there in the Gold Coast store, hopefully getting in some of the Tweed Gold Coast um, guys, yeah. um, Jenny Budworth, maybe Craig Niven. 100%. Fantastic people. You're in a great part of the world with mm. a really accessible part of the, the coast. And uh, there's a great spearfishing community down there, so it's awesome to have yeah. you managing the store down there, man. Yeah, it's a, it's an awesome area, and um, yeah, love to have you in the store a bit more often. Yeah, cool. No worries, bro. Cheers, buddy. Oh, good. We're going to move on to Ryan, who uh, boated for me a bit this morning. He's having um, ear troubles, which is pretty common, man, like especially on extended dive days. I mean, you only really just started this trip, so walk us through like your equalising for a start if you can. Yeah, um, so... I felt pretty confident with my equalising before I came here, to be honest, because I've been talking to one of the boys at work at Adreno, um, saying equalising is one of the biggest things you need to get under control, which he taught me how to um, frenzel yep. technique without using diaphragms. So frenzel. Some frenzel. Frenzel. <laughs> so I got that under control pretty early. I, I worked out how to do that. Um, what I wasn't prepared for is... Uh, the ears ability to do it oh, consistently yeah. and underwater with the intense pressure. So on my first day, the equalisation, I was actually really struggling with it. Yeah. I dive down a couple of metres and the ears are just up pain. Just, you know, I, I was, I was equalising, but it just wasn't doing its Were job. You, I'm being nasty here and I'm picking holes. Were you doing it early enough and often enough? Was I was real... doing it as often as I could. Okay. But I think I think I was being a bit too gentle with it. Okay. And I, I had a chat with Wayne specifically about, you know, why is this still happening? And he said, don't necessarily push harder, just push longer yep. when you were doing it. And I sort of thought about that. And, you know, the advantage of being on a trip like this is you can do four hours of diving, come back, talk to a whole heap of blokes who have been doing it for years and years and years get a few tips and tricks and then a few hours later you can put that straight back into practice again and get that yeah. under control and um you know by day two i i, I was under control you know i could okay. dive as deep as my breath would let me without uh, having any trouble with my ears which oh nice good. nice um but then yeah day three the not well the night of day two when i was asleep you know in bed i could sort of tell something wasn't quite right with my ears. Oh, that's a bit weird. And I woke up next morning and everything felt all right. So I thought, oh, okay, sweet. So I went diving again on day three and... Um, day four? No, no. Oh, okay, yep. So on the night, day two, and then oh, that yeah, night... Oh, sorry, yep, yep. And then on day three, went diving again, even though it was a bit funny the night before, it felt fine on day three, went diving. And, um, yeah, that night after day three, it got really... Like, I got up out of bed at midnight trying to find something to do about my left ear. It was, oh, wow. it was getting quite uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, day four, woke up. And I was like, yeah, it's, I don't think I could probably, I couldn't equalise the left ear 
right ear was okay, but and then it's just sounds, sort of been painful ever since. So. Sounds like inflammation. Like a lot of people don't realise that it's a bit of skin. Mm. You know, it's a delicate membrane, and it takes a fair bit of conditioning to get it used to the equalising action. Yeah. And it uh, sounds like by day two you started to get your technique right, but then you had a bit of fatigue and a bit of inflammation came along. And hopefully you don't get the full-out um, infection because that can happen as well when you have a bit of trauma in the air. Yeah, well, it's starting. E I mean, every time I had a bit of neurofin, it sort of eased up a little bit. Okay. Um, which oh, I we'll sort of was, I, I, I mean, any pain, you know, that sort of calms down a bit. But today, you know, I had some neurofin this morning, but um, by this afternoon I haven't had any for quite a while now and it's, yep. it's not too bad. So I think it's on the mend. Hopefully it's not an infection, but... Yeah, nice, nice. Awesome, man. So apart from equalising, um, you were pretty fresh this trip. Like you jumped in, you I literally a hundred percent fresh. Yeah, but you had a massive line fishing background. Did that play yep. into it as an advantage? No. Okay. In one word, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so sure. Can I recognise a species? Sure. Can I? Do I know what I'm looking for? Do I know what I'm not looking for? That's probably an advantage. But there's a long way to go with it before you get to choosing a species to shoot, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, you got to get off the surface. Got a sweet deal for you today, guys. Go to freedivingfamily.com and learn from Adam Stern and a select team of experts on different disciplines. There's Frenzel, Advanced Frenzel and Hands-Free Equalization, Mouthful, Deep Frenzel Equalization, Bifinning Essentials. These are courses that will give you the 1% that will allow you to improve. Use the code SPIRO to get 20% off any course at freedivingfamily.com. Again, that's the code SPIRO to get 20% off at freedivingfamily.com. Thanks, Adam and team. Love it. I just love a functional and simple spear gun that I can trust when I pull the trigger. Killshot spear guns utilize the finest of kiln-dried Burmese teak. Killshot spear guns also combine American-made parts and fine craftsmanship to bring you accurate, reliable, and simple spear guns that you can trust fish after fish. Get $30 off any Killshot spear gun at killshotspearguns.com. Yes and amen, Uber. That's $30 off American-made performance spear guns at killshotspearguns.com. I'm really sorry for this terrible accent. Brought to you by Ed Martin at KillshotSpearGuns.com. So day one, you you get your gear ready on the mothership. Yeah. You jump in your door, you're with uh, Geordie here and Jack and Wayne. Mm. Um, you're heading out, and it's a fairly challenging spot to be fair. Like mm. most of the ground we were looking at was 15 and 20. There was a little bit of stuff in 10 to 12, but it wasn't real um, productive ground. Mm -hmm. How did you get past that first day what was your when did you get in the water and how did it go well uh yeah i jumped in stayed in there for maybe two minutes oh and i just could not settle yeah i just freaked basically i had too many things i knew i knew everything that had to happen and i knew everything that had to go on but yep. um the conditions we were in it was quite choppy i was getting lots yep. of water in through the top of the snorkel um which made you know Breathing a bit difficult for someone yeah, who wasn't 100%. used to it. Um, just trying to work out how to load the gun underwater for the first time. I've done it in the backyard a few times, sure, but you know, it's then you combine that with the thought of do I need to keep an eye out for sharks? You know, yeah, where are yeah. the other boys? Where am I floating? 100%. Why is my float line tangled around my leg? There was so many things going on, and I just 
I could not calm down. So, yeah, I jumped out and said, I'll volunteer for Bodhi for a while. This okay. is like, I'm not settling. This is not right. And it was quite deep, you know, for me, for someone yeah. who hadn't seen that sort of, 100%. <laughs> sort of thing before. So, um, yeah, but eventually Wayne sort of, you know, give it another crack. It had calmed down after a few hours. You know, the wind had calmed down. The water was a little bit calmer. So I jumped back in. Finally found a bit of a rhythm just to sort of settle down in and float around and had a couple of dives, which is when I worked out the equalizer wasn't working properly. And, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a lot going on all at once there for a minute. But um, by the end of the day, I was comfortable sort of being in the water and how to, how to sort of load the gun and get everything right. So, yeah, the first yeah, nice. day was pretty intense for me. I remember I was heading out, I think, with Taylor on the first day and we were heading out to where we were going to jump in. And I was watching you guys in the boat and, and, I, and we were saying to each other how this is not a great spot to jump in for your first time spearfishing. You can't see land. You've got no reference points. Um, we're in 10 plus metres of water at the very least. Some of it was 20 plus. And um, current, I mean, super clean, warm water, which is great, but like no reference point, no land. It's, it's uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable sensation. And then you've got un all new gear on, like it's cheapest. It was a lot to adapt to for you guys. <laughs> We've got Tim Nielsen here. He's got a couple of rums in him. We better we better just cross over to Tim. Tim, how's the trip been for you? Been a fucking good trip this <laughs> run. I will tell you what, seeing Jacko bloody knock, nearly knock his eye out with a uh, with a uh, bottle bottle top from a Mexican fucking beer. I'm telling you, and then uh, well, and and watching uh, watching most. Bloody fat bastards on the boat. Bloody roll <laughs> over and nearly, bloody knock themselves out as they get in. All right, it's let been, me. It's been a comedy show, really. Let me try and defend myself real quick on that one. It's indefensible. Tim's making it sound less silly than it was. To be fair, uh, he'd popped a couple of beers, uh, Mexican style. Um, he, he grabbed his knife out and cracked the top off him. And I don't know what happened to my brain, but I was looking straight down at that bottle cap. I grabbed my knife out and popped it. And I reckon that bottle cap hit my eye at around 40 miles an hour. And I'm feeling very happy it wasn't bottom up because it easily would have cut my eye open. And I was crying out of that right eye for around half an hour. And it's still feeling pretty tender. So there you go. It's on record now. And um, I'll never live it down. So, yeah, it was rough. I'm glad I can see. Yeah. Well, I can't add much to that except... <laughs> Except that, uh, you know, well, everyone makes mistakes and only fools repeat them. And uh, was it Jack's dad that made the mistake? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got nothing to say it on must that. Have been. It must have been, I reckon. That's too much. I reckon it must have been. Yeah. Tim, you've done pretty well hiring a bunch of these young, these young people. Like, they're, uh, Jack's an absolute fucking Jack in the box. Yep. Yeah, well, well, I sometimes wonder what I was thinking when I employed them, but uh, <laughs> and what like, what did Taylor do to you? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. Um, I'm freezing to death, and I got this three mil wetsuit on, and Taylor, my star employee, has stolen the five mil sample suit, and he's wearing that, and he's toasty <laughs> warm all week, all week toasty warm. Oh, I cannot believe I'm going to let you finish in a minute, Tim, but uh, I gave Taylor that five mil suit 
And yeah, he didn't steal it. I'm sorry. He he was definitely prized example of wearing that suit. Well, I got bad news for you, Amy. You're sacked. I remember you sitting on the back there. You had, Taylor had the boat jacket. You were cold in the three mil. And then I think he had the last beer too, didn't he? Oh, thanks for reminding me. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he he stole the five mil jacket. <laughs> He got the Bodhi coat, it's warm as toast, and he had a, was drinking a beer when we got back on, and uh, he, he sort of looked around the boat, a bit sheepish and whatever, and, and then I realised he had my, my, my beer as his second beer. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, what the hell's going on here? I yeah. mean, this guy doesn't know how to get a promotion, does he? <laughs> Now it's been a bloody good trip. So Ryan, moving on from uh, from day one, um, did you end up shooting a fish this trip? I did. Day three. Yeah, right. Day three. I got to the point where I was diving, not very deep. I was struggling. I I think. Yeah, we'll come back to that maybe, but. Um, I was getting underwater, I was diving, seeing plenty of fish. I'd taken quite a few shots on day two and day three. Um, and I thought, you know, at the beginning of the trip, I just wanted to learn how to dive. I wanted to learn how to put everything together. If I got a fish, that was a bonus. Day three, I thought, fuck it, I'm going to get a fish. I'm aiming for a fish. <laughs> so I, I picked out a tusk fish, seemed to be fairly consistent. I could see him, I could get to him quite easily. They were always sort of a bit inquisitive of me. So anyway, kept diving, kept shooting at these tuskies, had quite a few misses, um, dove down on this really shallow reef, sat right beside one, he come up, had a look at me, turned broadside, nailed him. Yeah, beautiful. Got up to the surface, screamed. Absolutely, I don't know what words I screamed, but I screamed. And then it occurred to me that everyone was looking at me in panic and the boatie was on his way over in a rush and I held the fish up. I'm like, it's okay, I just got a fish. It's all right, I'm alive. It's no, no problems. <laughs> so three days of work to get your fish. Like, that's part of the reason why you're reacting like you are. Like, some people, like line, line fishermen, sometimes have this perspective of Spiros that we roll over the back of the boat and just start plugging fish like they're in a barrel or something. What do you have to say to people like that that, are, that, that have that perspective? I can understand the perspective. Um, I've probably not had that perspective before because I've not had enough understanding of what Spiros go through or what what they do. So I do get the shits with Spiros when they're wrapping their their float lines around my anchor and getting tangled up in our lines when they drift past. That's pretty frustrating. Yeah. And I hope I never turn into that. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, like, it's, it's, it's bloody hard work and... Yeah, it probably does seem easy to drop under the water and shoot a fish, but you know the, the amount of work it takes just to get in the water and then drop under the water um, without taking into account the fact that you've got to handle sharks and everything else that's going on under the water and all the safety perspective as well as um, it's line fishing is is relatively easy on the operational point of view. Like yeah. it, it's it's very easy to do. Anyone yep. can go out and throw a line in the water and have a fish. Uh, but getting in the water as a Spiro and bringing a fish home, yeah, it's bloody hard work. Yeah. Bloody hard work. Cool. 
Advice for people coming out here for their first time, what would you suggest to them that they do before they come out here? Make sure you can equalise consistently yep. so that you don't end up missing out on the last two days of the trip with a busted ear. Um, and make sure you're comfortable in the water and comfortable in the water in conditions that aren't necessarily comfortable. You don't want to be in, you know, you might be at home in five metre sand flats and being able to dive underwater without any concerns in glass outs and everything else. But when you're out on this boat, you know, we had a 25 knots conditions we had to get in the water with one day and yeah. there's plenty of sharks around that, you know, I'd, you need to be really comfortable with and, yeah, just just being comfortable in the water, I suppose, is my probably biggest tip because that's probably the one thing I've struggled with. So after five days out here, how much more comfortable in the water are you than where you started? It's interesting because I thought I was quite comfortable in the water. Um, but, yeah, but that first day when I got in, I wasn't anywhere near as comfortable as I thought I was going to yeah. be, especially diving in the conditions where you want to be to catch fish, so... It's interesting um, you say that. You don't know what you don't know, you know. And you get out here and you just – some people are thinking like you, you, you're diving up to coral reef and you're in five metres and you're plugging fish like everything. It's not really like that. A lot of the, the challenging and the better fish are in challenging conditions and um, that's where a lot of the people in the boat want to go, particularly if they're experienced. But for the inexperienced, it's a very, very big um, adjustment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's um, it's it, this trip for me has been um, really good in some ways and really challenging. Really good in the way where I can go spearfishing for four, five, six hours in the morning. I can come back, have a lunch break, chat with everyone else around me who's a lot more experienced, talk about my challenges, talk about the issues I had, talk about the talk about the wins I had, get some tips, get some get some advice and everything else and then apply that those tips advice the learnings to the challenges I was having that morning yeah. within a few hours and go out for another four hours yeah and you know put all that into practice and start learning so I, I feel like in the three days that I had diving yeah um you know if I was back in Brisbane I'd go out on a trip for a morning and come back for lunchtime or whatever um, then I'd go to work the next week and talk about the issues, the challenges and everything I had. And then, what, two, three, four weeks later, I might get back yeah, on the a boat good, that's a good and go point. and put that back into practice like again. That. And yeah, by yeah. then, it's how much have you forgotten of what you were doing? And then you get to put your learnings into practice of what you were doing before. It's, it's, it's a very slow process, but I've been very fortunate to be able to sort of learn all of that and really fast and really quickly. However... Very, very mentally challenging. Yeah. You've got to have, you, you've got to be able to handle that pressure and you've got to be able to process all of that information and go through all of that, I think, because learning all of that and going through all the challenges and the anxiety and, and the stress and the, everything else that you're going through, learning all these new things for the first time, being in an environment that you're just 100% not used to, um, it's very hard, very difficult. But. So pretend like I am a, a person that's in the shop, right? And I'm talking to you. I am very interested in the bunker group trip, but I know nothing about it. How would you describe it in sort of two or three minutes? That's hard for me because I can't compare it to anything. But for me, um, 
it's a once in a lifetime experience, I think, coming from Brisbane. It's there's an, an immense amount of fish if you know how to find them, if you know how to catch them. There's all sorts of conditions. You can go from extremely shallow, calm, safe conditions out to very deep, you know, amazing bombies, everything. There's, there's, there's pretty much any, any environment you want to find, you can find it out here. And any fish you want to find, I think you can find it out here. It's, um, it's a hell of a trip, but you've got to have, you've got to have the, uh, the commitment to it. So for five full days diving, worth worth the two plus thousand dollars for the trip? Definitely, as long as you're prepared to put the effort and the work in for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I was to do it all over again, I probably would have done a little bit more work on making sure that my body was ready for it. Um, are yeah. you? Are you, this is a, an aside, but are you aware of the Brisbane Bull Sharks? They train in the Valley Pool. Wayne's one of the head coaches there. I've heard about them. Um, I've heard once or twice before here, not knowing much about it, but since I've been on this trip, I've heard quite a lot about them, yeah. It's, it's basically just pull training. But you go and you do an induction, you learn how to do a rescue, and then you get to fine-tune all of the skills that we use. Not equalising and you're not doing anything to depth, but your breath hold, your streamlining, finning technique, just the operation of your mask and snorkel um, and the cardio and the, just the the CO2 tolerance, all these sorts of small things that make a big difference on a dive day. Mm. And uh, particularly if you're brand new, like Wayne's got an eight-week program. And, uh, yeah, it's really good, really good. So highly recommend. Yeah, definitely down, sounds like something I would have benefited for from doing prior to this trip. But um, I think I've learned half of it when I've been here anyway and I've got to shoot a fish. So yeah, awesome. happy days. Awesome. awesome. Well, thanks, Ryan. It's been a pleasure having you, man. And, um Thanks for boating for us this morning. Like you definitely know your way around the water and you're handy to have out on a trip. Good energy and just good stoke, man. So I hope to see you out here next time I come out on an adreno trip. It'll be good. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Cool. I'm going to turn into Amy, who uh, the sole female of the trip, really. And um, cheapest, she rep- she represented her gender pretty well. What do you guys reckon? 100%. Yeah. Hello. Hi, Amy. <laughs> Day five for you. You filmed a lot of content this morning and this afternoon. Um, how'd that go? Yeah, to be honest, the whole trip I've been on the camera, but it was really nice this morning to just take photos. Yeah. Which sounds really strange, but the entire trip I've just been doing videos and getting clips of everyone catching fish and reeling them in, but it was really nice to kind of have some creative input on where people would sit and playing with morning light, which is really great for any photographer. I would know that golden light in the morning and the evening is just Yeah, you guys were off lever. like 0600, you were launched. Yeah. Breakfast I, was served <laughs> just after you left. Uh, yeah, unfortunately for everyone else on the boat with me this morning, they had to get up at like 5.30 and we were on the water by quarter to six. Yeah. But it was worth it for me anyway. I don't know about them. You can ask Geordie and uh, Taylor and... Uh, Luke, if they really appreciated getting up that early. Jordy. Yeah, it was definitely worth it. It's, uh, it's a different <laughs> side of, um, you know, diving, going down and actually posing and, you mm-hmm. know, trying to get the, the gear that we sell to look good. So it was, it was a lot of fun, to be fair. Um, oh, yeah. Getting up at 5.30 in the morning, I'm used to it anyway. Um, I have been catching up on a lot of sleep, but, yeah, it was awesome. It was good fun. Good shit. I, right. also, I also feel like they might be biased because there's a really, like, maybe – 
two, three hundred photos of them looking really good underwater now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Can't complain. <laughs> Some of the, um, the, the terrain around this reef system we're on is just absolutely beautiful and couldn't complain about visibility, eh? Honestly, this is probably some of the best corals that I've ever seen. And it just goes for like two, three miles at a time. And it's like between three to 12 metres deep. And it's just abundant with fish, with everything. And it's just, I can't get, I never wanted to leave. And I feel like it would be a, if spearfishing aside, it would be a free diver's dream. Like it's just so, so photogenic. Yeah, 100%. And um, all sort of sides of the reef, have different different features like yeah we were diving some stuff it was like shelf into undercut caves and like you're in you know really deep water and these caves just keep going under mm. big schools are like hussar and mangrove jack and all sorts of stuff in there it was amazing on the other side so yeah cool i'm glad you guys got to experience it a bit you've also managed to shoot some fish this trip <laughs> now we've moved on from the platinum snapper that you're not really proud of i would have been by the way um, but you've shot yourself a few good fish this trip. Mm-hmm. So I guess the whole not being proud of Platinum Snapper is the last trip I came on, I couldn't dive. And a couple of newbies on the trip last time were like, oh, we got Platinum Snapper. And everyone's just like, oh, I wouldn't eat that. I wouldn't do that. And I was like, okay, well, it kind of just sets you on a negative level. So when I yep. shot one, I didn't actually know that that was what I shot at the time. So I was like, oh, yeah, I did it. And then when I found out, I was like, oh, okay. But my, I had like three main goals this trip was to, to shoot a coral trout, to shoot a cod, maybe a Spanish mackerel. And then I had some other goals of like, you know, just diving a bit better and doing all these other things. And then, I don't know, somehow in the last couple of days, I've just ticked cool. them all off and I'm like, what, what's happened? Who am I? <laughs> you, you had a couple of early nights. Do you think that's helped? They weren't that early though. Last night, I definitely, I, we had an intense day of diving. I was hitting like the deepest dives I've ever done, like every dive two, three times, every kind of three to four minutes. And uh, by the time we got to the evening, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm trying to take photos, video, my camera's 10 kilos, you know, so diving with that. And, and I was just like, okay, I need to go to bed and just wearing out. It's only really been like, two days maybe where I've actually got to dive without a camera and it's just been, I feel like Ned Flanders, you know. feels like <laughs> I'm diving with nothing at all, nothing <laughs> at all. <laughs> and what's this about a macro here? <sighs> well, <laughs> <laughs> everyone has to know that I'm what? saying this with the biggest smile on my face. But um, so basically I've been diving with everyone for the last few days and maybe once in every 40 dives, I've had a gun in my hand. And then Tim, Tim was just determined to take me out today. I was like, you're going to, I'm going to get you a coral trout and we're going to do it. Tim is a slave driver when it comes to diving because he's just like, get this trout, do this, do that. I was doing it. And I was just hitting the mark, but sometimes they became small or I'd, a couple of times I've had a, a coral cod, but never a trout. And then all of a sudden there's just this fish that swims by and I'm like, I recognise that fish and Tim just is like, do it, go now, go now. And I'm going down and I'm looking at this fish and I'm trying to focus on the gun with my left eye and my right eye. I'm like, which is, which is the best eye to focus on? <laughs> I'm like, do I shoot high? Do I shoot low? And I'm just, all these things happen at once I shoot. And it's all of a sudden there's this fish on, on the end of my spear and I'm like, oh my God, I've done it. 
and it's the Smash Mackerel. And I'm like, holy, holy, holy crap. And I'm like, this isn't happening. Really in, I don't have a float line. I don't have a real line. It's just coming in. And I'm like, I've done it. I've said, what, what is happening? And I'm just screaming on the top of the water. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah, somehow it's uh, it's only just over it's only just over minimum size, but I'm a pretty small person, so for me that's like it's very Amy sized fish. Where where did you end up shooting it on the body? Um, so just behind the main gills on the top, just above the spine, and yeah, he was mine, and just a little little knife to the back of the back of the head. And did you do that? I did, I did. That was the first Did you fish. put your hand on its gills? Yeah, so straighten the gills, knife up behind the gills into the back of the eye, back the other side, back into the either side to make it bleed. Um, and, yeah, there was just, I don't know, just, just it's more than I could have imagined, especially because it was at the 11th hour. And a couple, I, told, I told a couple people, I was like, I've made sure my goals this trip. I've hit 15 metres, I've hit a coral trout. And someone's like... We didn't get a mackerel, and I was like, oh, you know, yes, fine, it's fine. And then half an hour later, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're going to eat that? I've already fil- I filleted it myself. It's cryovacked. That is, that is my lunch for the next month. Like, I'm so excited. How like, good did that feel, putting it in a cryovac bag? You know, it's nice to be able to know that I can contribute to the fish that was kind of caught this trip and yeah. that I'm not completely useless. <laughs> You contributed a couple of days ago. There was a big platinum snapper fillet in there. Tim yeah. loves platinum snapper. The only person on this trip that loves platinum snapper was Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I contributed with my uh, line caught squid. But it's just, I don't know, I just never could have dreamed really that I would have got a Spanish mackerel on this trip. So a brief summary of Amy's trip. We started off with the platinum <laughs> snapper. Then we went the 10 squid on the line at night time. We shot the trout next. Yep. A parrot? Did you get a parrot? I did, I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a coral cod? Yep, but we, we, we don't talk about that because it's... Okay, and then the Spanish mackerel to <laughs> yeah. finish off. <laughs> yeah. That's a nice trip. And you're doing PB dives as well. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've had a lot of problems with my ear and it's just amazing to know that last couple of days I've been beating every PB non-stop and it's been feeling fine and 15 metres is just more than I could ever have imagined. So which ear is playing up and what, do you do, what, what did you do to get around it? So my right ear is what's been playing up and that's just a birth defect. Okay. And I don't really know how I've got around it, but it's just been it's just been playing ball and it's been great. My left ear is a little bit like, oh, what are you doing? Just a couple of anti-inflammatories have uh, done the trick with that one. <laughs> I sometimes, one ear is a bit slow to equalise for mm. me and I'll be like, I'll try and like force more air into one nostril and then... Like close one eye and then turn my head to the side and you do all this crazy shit. Yeah. I was wondering if something like that had worked for you. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, Jeepers, are you stoked with the trip? Honestly, like I I don't feel like there's anything that I've wanted to achieve that I haven't, which is, I feel like it's quite arrogant to say, but it's really kind of like I'm glad, I'm proud of myself, you know. My hard work is paying off and, you know, blah, blah, blah. How many gig? <laughs> worth of footage do you have to work through so far? Probably Est- about two and, a, two and a half terabytes at this point, yeah. Is that all? Yeah, yeah, not much, no. <laughs> <laughs> two and a half terabytes, you haven't got mine yet. I'll give, <laughs> no, I'll give you I'm another 150 gig of just absolute garbage. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So, cheaper sorting through footage is an art into itself. But um, it's, it's going to be like 
just constant joy because I'm going to get to relive everyone's stroke and everyone's kind of downfalls, but also like, you know, just, just reliving my excitement for this trip and everyone else is like watching everyone hit their PBs as well and achieve things that they never thought they could achieve. So it's great that I can be witness to that and that I can kind of perpetuate that cycle. The Fishing Trips app allows you to find new people who are interested in going spearfishing. So you can go for a trip together. It's a great way to make friends and get some extra trips. If you are looking to get out on boats, if you're in an isolated part of the area where you don't have a spearfishing club and you still want to find a dive buddy and dive safer and smarter, download the Fishing Trips app. It's available on iOS or Android. Download it today. The Fishing Trips app will help you connect with your next best spearfishing buddy. Fishing Trips app. Download on iOS or Android today. Equalizing problems can be something that derail you. Not today, my friend. Go to freedivingfamily.com. Check out the either the Friends or Advanced Friends or video or the Mouthful and Deep Friends or Equalization course at freedivingfamily.com. You can use the code SPIRO to get 20% off any course at freedivingfamily.com. These courses are put together by Adam Stern and a select team of, of, of legends and to help you overcome different issues and help you perform better. And some of them are extremely relevant for freedive spearing. Check it out at freedivingfamily.com. Use the code SPIRO to get 20% off any course. In terms of your underwater photography slash videography, mm -hmm. what's been your biggest takeaway for this trip out of just getting the most out of your rig? Underwater photography is definitely a whole new kind of realm of everything because there's so many variables. You've got like the weather, the clarity, my ability to be in the right spot, your location and trying to get someone to do what your vision is because you can't just talk to them on land and be like, oh, can you just rotate a bit? You have to pre-plan it and it just, it's so unpredictable, but it's, it's really nice to kind of be like, well, that worked well or the visibility or, oh, wow, like that was a whole new level of like angle. And so it's kind of like the candid side and then the stage side. So yeah. it's, it's, it's really, yeah, it's really amazing to be able to do what I do and kind of be like, okay, well, that didn't work, but please, please turn that way next time. Or <laughs> Did you get some underwater sign language going with your models? I, the main thing was just like, I'm okay to dive and you're okay to come up afterwards. Like, you know, I'm ready for you to go down and well, okay, okay, turn that way and oh yeah, let's let's go up now because I need air. <laughs> Did you use my countdown technique that I stole off someone? Yeah, well, a few people have started doing that. I was like, oh, I really appreciate that. Tim, Taylor, Sam yeah. and you as well. Like when I'm ready to take a photo, like doing the countdown, I'm like, this is amazing. I have a lot more time to breathe. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> well, if it count down from five to mm, five breaths to yeah. go, you know that's probably more than a minute. Mm, but it's great because some people don't let you breathe that long and then they just <laughs> they just keep going. You're just like, yeah. I, oh, wow. Okay, well, I need to go down. <laughs> yeah. I think one afternoon I did about 200 drops in maybe half an hour to an hour. Like, it was, yeah, it's have hard you, work. Have you thought about how you're going to maintain your dive fitness for the next trip? Well, I have about four or five more trips booked between now and the end of the year. So I feel like, I feel like my stoke will be continued. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. What are you going to do differently on the next trip? I think you kind of briefly mentioned the bull sharks and just working on my breath hold because... It seems like now that my ear's okay, like getting down there is good, but I just feel like I can't stay there because I'm anxious about how much breath I have. 
And that's probably a shock from going as deep as I have because I've been used to going six, seven before now and now I'm like 15 and I'm just like, how am I, how am I going to get up there? Like, that's, that's far away. Like, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> so it'd be good to just practice and be more comfortable with, you know, two, two, two and a half, three minutes below, you know, Sick. below water. Sick. All right, last question. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in the Adreno Brisbane shop. Yes. A customer comes up to you and they're interested in doing a bunker group trip. Mm-hmm. How do you describe this experience to them? Nothing like you've ever experienced before. I feel like this is my second trip, but really my first trip, I had zero experience. I couldn't even free dive past five meters. And I feel like you just, you just, main, your main requirement is just to have a love of the ocean because bef- anything after that, you can deal with. Like you can, Learn to dive deeper. You can learn how to shoot fish. But if the stuff you've seen and experienced is just amazing. Like we saw rays, we saw dolphins, we saw whales. You see like, it's just the most amazing coral I've ever seen in my entire life. And you're just like, okay, fine. You might not shoot a fish straight away, but you'll miss a few times. But the stuff you witness in between is just different to any other trip I've ever been on. Yeah. Mm. Good for Spiros, freedivers, scuba divers. Probably, shell probably shell not, collectors? Probably not scuba divers, shell collectors, free divers and spearfishers, 100% yes. Yeah, cool. But it's just, so wow. People, people need to sign up now. Next, next level, next level. Cool. All right, well, thanks, Amy. I hope to see you on the next trip. I hope so too. <laughs> really? Hello, 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 hello. I've got Dave here. Dave was part of the French group, Sunshine Coast-based... French Je dogs. m'appelle David. <laughs> You're the only non-French guy in the crew. Yes, I'm a post-national. Post-national. So you're French originally? No. <laughs> but I have learned some French. I've been to Vanuatu once. Ah. Parlez-vous français? No. Je m'appelle David. <laughs> uh, I don't speak any. Um, for you, this trip... It was a bit of a holiday, a bit of a break, and so, some real good spearfishing. So it was two things. It was um, something to do for myself. Um, turned 40 this year. Um, I decided that I was going to do something for myself and have a good time at the same time, do something that I had picked up a lot and done, but I had, as a father, left out for a long time. Cool. So... At that point, I decided, well, this is this is something I enjoy. I've got to get back into it. I've got to get out there and have a good time. Do you feel like you filled up? So the funny thing about it was um, I have learnt so much that I didn't realise I didn't know um, this time round. Um, I came on to the boat feeling like I was a semi-competent spear fisherman um, and I have left the boat feeling like I... I'm a semi-competent spear fisherman, knowing much, much, much more. So that's been really good. Um, it's been really good to see a lot of the stuff that I kind of knew put into practice and see the results for that. Yeah, nice. That was a big thing for me. So what did you struggle with at the start of the trip? So for me, um, my fitness, um, I hadn't dived in a long time. Um, equalisation was an issue. Um, so was um, just being comfortable in the water was a big thing. 
Um, and also my perception of of distances. Okay, so the clean water, and you, you kept um, uh, underestimating the size of the fish. You that's right. Fun. Yeah. So a lot of the fish that I would see, I would say, no, that's too small. That's that's not going to be a legal catch. And I would see people later on hit that same target and be surprised at the size of it. Um, so depth was a big thing. Um, it's really getting that 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 perception of what what in the water is a is a size fish, as opposed to what um, when you're bringing it up is is a good catch. Yeah, righto, cool. And so it sounds like your diving progressed steadily over the days, and you started to get really comfortable towards the back end of the trip. Is that sort of fair? So correct. Um, from the from the downside of it. Um, our first dive was quite deep, first day. Um, there was no, there was no shallow structure, and I really struggled and questioned my ability on that day. Um, but to be fair, my fitness was quite low. Yep. Um, my breath hold was not what I remembered it to be. <laughs> <laughs> and and there was a few things that I really needed to work on over the next few days, and. Um, I'm very impressed with the results. Yeah. Me too. You shot some good fish. So what, I shot... What, what was one of the highlights? So my two best captures of the trip were um, learning... To, it wasn't actually a particular capture, but it was, first of all, my first day, what saved me was I, I speared a mackerel yeah, right in on. about 10 metres of water, which is about, was, it was about the limit of what I was comfortable of doing. Um, and then on the last day, I had a 50-foot line and I was regularly pulling that float under the water, spearing trout. So I was very happy with that result. Like that, that, that line is not long enough for me now. Yeah, nice. Nice. That's a good improvement from day one too. You must, I'd be absolutely wrapped if I made that sort of improvement. Yeah, it was one of those things where I, I, I knew that was my ability but it just wasn't there. The fitness wasn't there and the, um, I guess, practice wasn't there. That's yeah. So really that's the key is, is regular, regular, um, just doing it regularly basically is, is a big thing. So for other people that are sort of on the fence about coming out to do a bunker group trip for Adreno, on the Adreno bunker group trips out here, um, what would you say to them? So, first of all, contact Adreno. Um, they will tell you what you do and don't need. That's a big thing. Um, also, um, watch the videos that are online. That's another big thing. Really, though, I, I think just have a go. Um, I, as I said, I wasn't a competent diver in 10 metres of water despite um, years of experience. I had dived previously to 18 metres, but at that point I was probably comfortable in 10. Um, by the end of it, I'm very comfortable in 16, 17 metres of water without yeah, Nice. Awesome, Dave. Without without a doubt. Great improvement, mate. And uh, well done. Well done on a successful trip and having a bloody good time. Thank you very much. I hope I see you again next time. You will. All good, mate. Thank you. I've got it. Clear eyes. Oh, on the ears. You use clear eyes in the ears. I do. And what does it do? Clear eyes on your ears. 
right? It will suck out all the moisture. It will relax your eardrum and make you go to sleep. Yeah, right. Eh? No pain, no pressure. No pain, no pressure. Cool. This is from our ship chef who has spent many a year aboard dive boats. I have. And a few ear operations also. Yep. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. What have you had done? Um, I've had grommets. I've had uh, an ear-to-nose uh, blockage release. And basically the only thing that's ever helped since has been clear eyes. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. I do like a blend of um, like maybe 70, 80% olive oil and then eucalyptus. And then that keeps my um, keeps that, that flap of skin like yeah. um, supple mm-hmm. and clean. Yeah, so. I've also heard that this works with vodka. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, well, there yeah. you go. Just a little shot of vodka in your ear. Yeah. Good as gold. So introduce yourself. Where did diving all start for you? Well, I'm seventh generation fisherman born into uh, the ocean. And Holy moly. Um, basically from catching prawns up in the Gulf, I had to give a bit of diving a go and um, fell in love with diving and fell in love with anything to do with boats, basically. And, yeah, here I am. Yeah, righto. Yeah. The food this trip has been absolutely amazing. Do you enjoy cooking? Uh, yeah, I have my moments. <laughs> <laughs> what chef doesn't? Well, jeepers, it's been so good coming back, like lunch, hot lunch, hot dinner. And, like, tonight we had a seafood smorgasbord. Like, you've really bunged it on for us. Oh, you know, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, yeah. yeah put a smile on your face, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way. So what? when's your next trip after this one? Uh, so we got a day off and then we're back out on Saturday. Holy moly, it's a brutal schedule for you guys. Oh, you know, it is what it is. That's fishing. I like sleeping on board this boat. Um, I understand the crew quarters are a bit higher in the, sh- in the ship, so you get a bit more of a... There's a party on the bow. All right. You get a bit more of a roll on, is that true? Oh, definitely, yes. And, and unfortunately, I'm the only person on the boat with a double bed, and uh, believe me, it's not that great to have a double bed on a boat because you roll a whole lot more. And sometimes you roll onto the floor. Yeah. Oh, well. Yes. <laughs> I have this problem. So thank you for bringing us to the locals because I'm actually going to get some Zeds tonight. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Oh, we're, sleeping, we're sleeping in the port, aren't we? Oh, where are we sleeping? Oh, Where's yes, it? yes, yes, we are. Thank you once oh. again. We're going to be in port. All right. Yes. Well, enjoy. Thank you for having us. And um, I hope you're on this trip cooking again next time. Yes, me too. And um, thank you. All right. Pleasure. Go, oh, Jed. I told you. It's on there. The pa- <laughs> up the front. Up the front. I've got Joel and Taylor here. We're, uh, we're on our way back into uh, to Gladstone Port. We're going to spend the night moored up. It's going to be super calm. But sleeping on the ship's been bloody good. What, about, what do you guys think? Yeah, I think if you're tired enough, you'll sleep anywhere, but it is pretty comfy and cosy down below. All right, cool. Tay, you? Oh, yeah, I've had a few sleepless nights, but uh, it's a mixture of things, I'm sure. Excitement, everything. Yeah. Yeah, righto. Um, so we're headed in. Boys, we've just finished a cracker of a trip. I had an absolute ball. What about you fellas? Yeah, it's like, again, one of the greatest things I've ever done. Um, yeah, had an had a awesome trip. Hard to really put it into words without just carrying on and frothing and, yeah. <laughs> Joel, you are Captain Frother. Um, man, like whether we're on a, the dory or we're on the mothership, like you're always talking, like 
So much energy, bro. Like, you're an absolute pleasure to be on the boat with. Like, A, because you shine me on and you actually think I'm good at this thing. <laughs> but B, you're just a gentleman. You're always helping out, like, friggin' encouraging people. It's great. Yeah, oh, thanks, mate. I, I feel like I've more than got that back out here from everyone else, and it's just, um, like kind of riding the wave a little bit and yeah i'm not as i'm not as cheerful and friendly when i'm at home don't worry <laughs> <laughs> uh, man um this this trip's been something different like last time i came out here with you you dropped a knife on your leg and uh it wasn't great i took the piss out of you i think quite a bit <laughs> as you well should yeah it was, that's more than fair <laughs> <laughs> you're on my boat and I watched you do it. And then I think I helped you sew it up as well. It was pretty comical. You, you can't really make that up. I was like uh, talking about don't anyone stab himself. And then a few seconds later, I had a knife sticking out of my leg. And that was the joke that I liked too, that I was patched up by um, someone who used to live with a nurse, which I now found out isn't true. Um, <laughs> And a corrections officer, which I do think is true. So <laughs> Two I people a, that don't give a shit yeah, about other people, and yeah, they were so expert you. Expert care, and you know. <laughs> of, <laughs> and you've got a horrible scar to show for it. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah it, healed, it healed okay, but uh, it's a good scar. Yeah. Joel, we had a couple of good days out diving together. Um, but for you, highlights of the trip, what have you really, really enjoyed? Uh, so I have, I shot a black spot task fish, which was, that's probably a highlight just in terms of a great fish and uh, taking him home whole to the family. So that's pretty exciting. I did a bit more of the sort of um, like big boy spearing this trip, I would say. Like I managed to not um, stab myself was a good start, but I got um, to do some sort of more uh, like complicated diving where you're dealing with uh, like current, sharks, a few more like variables. And so within that, um, going out with Sam and Taylor and Amy, hatching a plan, uh, there were Spanish mackerel biting people off, off the back of the boat. And I would never come up with an idea like this, but it's um, like a bit of a team play and we, we got in and um, set up a flasher and burlied up and it just happened to be my spot and I shot for me like a, a big mackerel and that was just really exhilarating um, and a really cool thing to do with those other three. So you had the flasher out, you had the burly out, you're in this sort of circle of divers. Um, how clean was the water? How deep was the mackerel? Where did it come from? I'm so um, like in such ecstasy, Shrek, I don't know how many clear details I can recall for you. Maybe um, Taylor will correct me, I guess, but the viz was was not as excellent as it has been, but like very good. I would have said 15 metres or something. Okay, yep. Um, there, uh, so yeah, we're, we're drifting off the back of the Eastern Voyager. It was not super deep, maybe 15 metres max. So you could see the bottom? Yeah. Um, kind of. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, yep. Yeah, that's what I remember. We were, we were um, burling and doing the flasher, and then um, Sam pointed to me and it was on. Killfish with precision and power 
sending shafts from a stable platform with kill shot spear guns made in the florida keys by ed martin you're buying american-made dependable spear guns get 30 dollars off any kill shot spear gun at killshotspearguns.com yes and amen Nuba. that's 30 dollars off american-made performance spear guns at killshotspearguns.com it says if they're in the shop or on the phone they can cash in by saying crikey mate or the noob spiro podcast sent me check them out at killshotspearguns.com based in the florida keys are you following at old man blue dive on instagram yet bert calder creator of the old man blue dive gear is an absolute legend they're people that froth on the sparing life and intentionally make super hard wearing and practical gear that will stand the test of time visit oldmanblue.com.au and check out a bunch of tough robust equipment made by people that are just as passionate about spearing as you are oldmanblue.com.au yeah righto he just pointed to you and pointed the fish out it was, I guess it was like my fish in the sense I was the closest to it. Okay. But good on Sam. He said he was coming down behind me and he was going to clean up if I mucked up. <laughs> so. That's a good team player. Yeah, yeah. He would still let you have first shot though. Yeah, he did. I got to back him up a bit later, so that felt good too. But, um, yeah, I I dropped down and I... Um, I guess I did a, I had a bit of a grunt come out of me that was just uh, adjusting to the depth and then I remembered the whole, all these mackerel strumming and grunting talks and I think I did a little second grunt and clicked at the rubbers for good measure and as I leveled off, this dinosaur fish was just right there in front of me and um, yeah, managed to get a good shot on it. Where, whereabouts in the body? Uh, like it was quite central, I think. Uh, well, it didn't... Uh, sort of between the dorsal and the anal? Yeah. Like right smack bang in the middle yeah, there? Yeah, like kind of how do I least likely to miss... Yeah, essential body shot. mass, yeah. boom. Yep, done. Um, Love it. And then, so I remember um, Sam saying, do you want me to put a, another spear in it? And I said, yes, yes, 100%. we can't lose a fish. <laughs> um, and then got I got pretty snarled up in a whole lot of line. I was just pretty overwhelmed by it all like I grabbed the fish and it was just so big and it kicked its tail and kicked me off and just a massive rush um and then I guess in all that I'm tied up in all these lines Sam's second shot I should have killed the fish quickly and got his spear out I didn't and Sam's saying get my spear out I'm saying I want to kill the fish and um and then according to the other guys but I I saw later there was a, a pretty reasonable tiger shark came to check us out. Yeah, right. And um, fearsome, ferocious Amy prodded that one off or, or fended him off. And, um, yeah, we landed a big fish, the three of us. So shooting a big fish like that, like, it's not like you've done this every day for your whole life. So there's a whole bunch of lessons that it sounds like you've learned. What are some of the things you've learned from this experience? I mean, obviously, you landed the fish, so well done. Congratulations. It's fantastic. It's in the airski. We're going to eat that sucker. Um, but in terms of, like, what you could have done better, what did you learn? Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess I've shot four mackerel now in total, two of them on this trip. So probably the first thing, the first mistake was I, I should have been confident in my shot. Um, I guess it's that. It's just a fish I can't afford to lose. But I now appreciate the complications of a second shot and the issues that it can cause. Uh, so that was one. 
I mean, in general, like Taylor made a really good comment. That's just a good comment for me. Uh, when I shot the second mackerel, which was slow down, Joel. Um, so it's so exciting. You feel the pull, you feel the rush, and I just go to another place and um, it's just ecstasy. So yeah, not. I didn't really need a second shot, I think. Um, when I got to the fish, I probably was a little bit, I probably should have held him close and let him get tired because there were no sharks really pressing us at that point. But I frantically went right at him, he was too green. Um, I grabbed him and he kicked me off. So I think that's probably a sign of him just being too green. Um, I'm sure there's many more. What about line management? Yeah, well, I know I've, that's something I really need to work on. Um, I could have, yeah, swum the fish in, in the right direction to minimize a tangle. Yep. But I pretty much ended up wrapped up in my own float line, my own shooting line, parts of Sam's shooting line, and just out of commission, not able to help at a time when there was a big shark and we really want everyone, yeah. This is the beauty in these situations too sometimes, like where you've got a boaty. So, I mean, you, there's three divers in the water, you've got a boaty, so you can call the boaty over. And as long as the fish is brained, because you don't want to be passing up a, you know, maybe a 10 kilo fish kicking, like that's just too much life and it's going to make a mess of maybe the person plus the boat with blood and all sorts of stuff. So as long as you've brained it, you can potentially just pass all that mess up to the boaty, can't you? Yeah, I guess that could have been a good idea. I was a bit physically tangled in it, so they would have had to throw me in the boat as well. <laughs> yeah. I think um, there's a sequencing of, uh, like, tail, gills, spear, how you kind of go from being close to the fish to being in control of it. And yep. I probably said that in the wrong order. I, I still – I know you want to establish control over it step by step, um, and I'm still learning that. I think I've grabbed the tail and then I'm sort of pulling at my knife and I really want to be on the gills with secure the fish before the knife comes out. We've seen that one the hard way before. Yeah, yeah. no, it's all good. I think there's a couple of different ways to secure fish like that. Like you say, like one of the ways is you can grab the tail and then go for the gills. Another way is you can, um, you can slide your hand up the spear so that you're holding the, the fish secured against the flopper on the other side that way it's not going to tear and then go for the gills or you can just go straight for the gills there's probably like three different ways you can have at it but i think it's very situational and it's very experience driven but um it sounds like you kept good tension on the fish because that can be a big problem with mackerel like if you let them take slack that spear will go forward and then the flopper might disengage and pull all the way back through it's a real easy way to lose those fish or if you, if you um, let it have slack all the time, it'll just continue to just punch a hole in the side of itself and then it tears off and they're gone. Because they're not, they're not, sometimes, like I, I think I lost nine or ten before I landed one. That's oh, wow. how bad I was with them. They were like my boogie fish. So, yeah. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, it's, I've um, been lucky, I guess. I've always been a bit cautious. I've seen them tear off. So yeah. I've always maybe heard on being a bit cautious with the tension. I'm only using a floating line. So yeah. um, 
I will grab my float line and I that's one of part of the rush I think of those fish is when you feel that line pull. No, hundred um, percent. That first <laughs> run, it's blistering. Yeah. But um, I guess trying, I hadn't really thought about that tension side, but trying to, as the pull's really firm, let the line run a bit. Um, you want it constant, like like a constant good rate of tension. Yep. And then as soon as you feel it start to ease off, that's when you start pulling it back. And then if it wants to run again, you're just holding it lightly. So you can still hold tension, but let it go. Zzz, and then you start pulling it again as soon as it lets up. And that's kind of that, that nice, even battle where you've got enough tension on that the flopper's going to remain jammed up against the side of that fish and it's going to have less room to play and cut furrows in itself sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. I guess in a couple of these situations too, we had several sharks around. So yeah. there's that other side yeah, 100%. of thinking just haul it in no matter what yeah. and if it gets off, it gets off. But um, Tiger sharks are scary too. When they're in feeding mode and there's a struggling fish in the water... I don't want to be in the water with it. I mean, I wasn't scared because uh, I didn't see it. So yep. that was um, that was nice. But I then got on the boat and I saw it and <laughs> it looked uh, scary. Yeah. Yeah, that's scary at the surface too. Yeah, just a big smudge coming up on a couple of my divers who were like working on some uh, content and filming and like, yeah, give them a quick yell. <laughs> yeah. How did that yell go? yeah cool um joel lessons learned from this trip apart from the mackerel saga like i mean obviously you landed the fish so it's not a saga it's like a victory but like even when you do stuff right in spearfishing you can still do stuff better you can still learn stuff like um yeah like you learn so much every trip it's hard to um hard to really sum it all up i guess i came out here geeking out a little bit on spear guns in terms of shafts and rubbers and different configurations um, and realized like a big piece of perspective that I was missing was like um, my shooting line being uh, mono versus Dyneema and the length of the shooting line and being specific to the job at hand. So having these uh, rollers with long double wraps was really not appropriate here because the power would embed the spear um, and the long line would let the fish reef itself and get stuck and yeah. I'll be going home and putting a single wrap mono on something to be dedicated for those situations. Some guys like swear by coming out here with like a 1-3 Rob Allen with a closed muzzle, single wrap, uh, float line and float, they punch their one big 18 or 20 mil band um, rubber, shoot a trout, throw the gun up to the boatie clip their next gun on and away they go again. There's something to be said for simplicity, like that competition style efficiency, but we weren't really diving like that. We were, it's not meat no. hunting. We were hunting for fun. I really like that advanced basics, like getting good at something and sticking to it. Yeah. I guess a bit of the perspective I have on this trip is um, working that adreno, and so I want to be trying out all the different guns and understanding how they work so I can talk about them on the shop floor. And um, it's probably not, I've missed a lot of fish out here, but I am glad I've um, experienced a few different things and I will definitely go back with more knowledge to share with people. Yeah, nice. Cool, hmm. cool. A couple, um, another highlight if I can just sneak in there, Shrek. Um, I guess the first trip and the second trip, all these trips has been nice coming out here and um, it's like a family, people, people have been really teaching me and 
this trip, I guess um, I look a little bit more like one of the people who has done a bit of spearing. It's a weird feeling. Yeah, and, 100%. Um, we've yeah. got a couple guys here who are, are quite fresh. Like we've got guys who've speared one fish and we've got one fella who's just jumped on this boat and having never speared. Um, take my hat off to them. Uh, and also um, Amy's, you know, working on her spear and she's got a, f- a few fish. Being able to um, do a little bit of working with them, trying to teach them, trying to kind of pass down a bit of what I feel like I've got was awesome. So I've got highlights of being in the water with Amy when she shot a trout, being in the water with Geordie when he shot his first trout and trying to really be as stoked about that as like, big fish I shot or, you know, it's a very nice feeling. Yeah, nice, man. I think for me, for me, like, I, I love diving with you, like, and I would prefer to dive with a, and this is not you, I mean, I think you're diving beyond this now, but I would rather go diving with a 15-metre diver who looks after the team and doesn't just think about himself all day and, and cares about the boat as a whole um, than a guy with phenomenal ability who shot trophy and record fish or whatever. That's my that's my personal preference, and I feel like there's a, quite a few other people in the same boat as me. Like your attitude and the way you hold yourself and go about things uh, makes you really a great asset to have on any boat, man. So um, take uh, that. Thanks, mate. It's um, yeah, like yeah, it's just a privilege to be a part of it, I guess. And that whole um, I just want to be learning and trying to help and. Um, it's paid massive dividends, as I guess. So yeah, for sure. Try and keep doing it. Yeah. I, I was happy the other day. Like I shot a couple of tuskies, and you were watching, and I felt like when I hit the surface, you were, you were just as stoked, if not more <laughs> stoked, than me. I don't know if now's the time, but I look forward to telling the um, trek and the tuskies, like just the angel of death descending. <laughs> um, Making it look so easy, making it like tricking the fish, but tricking me as well. And um, yeah. maybe tricking myself. Uh, it's awesome, and like I, it's I love good stories. I love to be able to remember that and enjoy that. But yeah. also, it's imprinted in my mind. Like I hope to be um, bashing those tuskies like you are one day. Nah, it was bloody good. It was just a good time of day, and it was good to have you in the water with me. So. Awesome, Joel. Um, hopefully we get many more trips like this, my friend. I want to do it annually, if not more. We'll see what having two kids under three does yeah. for me. But, oh, yeah, bloody oath, mate. This has become a real motivation for me and, like, it gives me a context in the rest of my life. It's crazy. Trek dude, you're killing it on the New Spiro podcast. Every guest you get on froths on the spearing lifestyle, and the actionable info is off the chain. Over here at uh, Spearing Magazine HQ, it's the same, buddy. So many noobers are submitting their adventures, lessons learned, and pictures here at SpearingMagazine.com. I just wanted to say that noobers can get an international subscription at SpearingMagazine.com. Also, they can uh, check out our In the Face Apparel or get a subscription to the greatest spearing magazine on the planet. That's all right here at SpearingMagazine.com. I am Jeremy Gamble, and uh, man, I love the Noob Spiro podcast. This is Jeremy out. Sometimes with weather and commitments, it's a long time between drinks in your spearfishing journey. If you want a dry training program that can keep you in some kind of shape for spearfishing, check out Ted Hardy's 28-day freediving transformation at noobspiro.com forward slash Ted. That's noobspiro.com forward slash Ted. Now, the 28-day freediving transformation is just a practical 
dry training plan that Ted Hardy will walk you through and it will help you get results even if you can't get wet at the moment. Check it out at noobspiro.com forward slash Ted. Is it a place where you come out and you fill up? Like you fill up those tanks and you just, you've got more energy for life when you get back? Yeah, I like diving, I guess for me, it's a very, it's fatiguing physical sport, but I seem, it seems to really invigorate me, um, make me feel more upbeat and cheerful, give me a better perspective and um, yeah, who doesn't need more of that? 100%, cool. All right, Joel. Well, let's chat to Taylor. He's sitting to your left there and um, Taylor, I've had him on the podcast as well and last time, we, um, we had some good yarns as well, Taylor, mate. Um, first of all, you're the one that sort of hooked me into this trip, so hats off and massive thank you, bro. <laughs> it's always good um, to have you, my friend. Always good. You got me here too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to dive with good people. Taylor always. was, um, as usual, just fantastic to be on the boat with. Um, great energy. Always good to have a few brews and a few laughs with. And um, <laughs> and uh, we got a few days out diving together as well, so it was cool, Tay. Yeah, never enough, mate. Never enough. Definitely not. For you, man, um, I guess day one, day two, you, you shot some really good fish. We were in a really good place for, for shooting, like, proper trophy fish. Yeah. Yeah, no, we definitely shot some really nice fish. It was, for me, it was more, you know, it's been, uh, I've been back in Brisbane over 12 months now, which is fine, but I haven't, I haven't managed to really dive with Trev. I've dived, you know, chasing craze or something like that, but really chasing fish and having a bit of a goal together. It was, it was really nice to be in the water with Trevor again. For the first, yeah. like that first day, it was just straight into it. And yeah, it was just really nice. Really yeah. nice to be back in the water with him. Um, and some of the boys had dived uh, that reef before. So we had a few marks and we had a bit of a rough idea of what to expect. So, um, you know, I, I really wanted to, um, yeah, I really wanted to make sure everyone had a really good time. So I, I went bait, Bodhi straight off the uh, straight off the bat, and and instantly regretted it. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's always one of those ego little ego things. But uh, I just, I just, uh, you know, you see Trevor's fins straight up and down. Yep. No worries. Here comes and the fish it, over It would have been, you know, 40 <laughs> seconds max. And here he comes. And, it, you know, it's a really, really nice red throat. And, ah, oh, absolutely stoked. It's like, that's first fish of the trip. Okay. Yeah. This is going to be a long week. <laughs> you know, where it's in uh, anywhere between 20 to 26 meters. Um, so challenging diving, but good people around, good fun. And a bit Current. of competition, really. Like, it was... For me, I was current. I, 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 current, oh, current caves was really strong and deep and, water. Yeah, yeah. So it was with, very with much great fish. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's it was it was a plan, you know. Like we, we we knew roughly where we wanted to dive throughout the day. Obviously, your your winds change, your your tides change. So obviously, your drift changes. So throughout the day, seeing different bombies from multiple angles within that drift, it was uh, we spent a fair bit of time on some. Uh, obviously, being a little bit deeper, you're not you're not managing lots of dives in that same area, so you, you you're nearly buddy you're just buddy diving effectively, and you might get one, maybe two uh, dives on it. So um, you know, working hard, but at the same time, seeing some great fish, some great structure, some great water, um, and you know, we, we managed some really nice fish. So 
I was really excited for that, and it kind of set the pace for the rest of the trip for me, which I yeah. nearly nearly in a negative at the end of the day. I, I pushed myself towards the end, and uh, this afternoon, 15 metres was, uh, you know... I was, I was feeling it, for yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 which is... Yeah, it's good fun. I came into my own, to be honest, on the last yeah, day. Yeah, this afternoon, like, I thought you were, it was like day one. So what are you doing? Mate, I had nine hours <laughs> sleep last night. I got up this morning at 5 a.m., and uh, that means I was in bed really early last night. Yeah. And um, just dived like a Trojan all day. Perfect. Like, um, kept up more or less with Sam and Tim, yep. who are both far better divers than I am, just like you are. Yeah. And... Um, <laughs> Oh no, Not you yet. guys! You Not guys yet. like you, you realize that when you're on a boat with someone and you dive with people, you know, you know, you you start to realize the levels of this shit, and um, and and when you haven't been diving, you've let your dive reflex lapse over a period of time. Sometimes you take a couple of steps back, and that's frustrating too. But like, um, I really loved being on the boat with all of you guys, like, yeah. because I'm learning and I'm happy to take direction from yep. everyone. Sometimes when I'm the most experienced person on a boat, it's intimidating for me because I'm like. You feel that sense of responsibility and ownership about getting results for the team. Yep. And I was really quite happy to take a back seat, mm-hmm. take some direction, and the results paid off. Um, it was excellent. Um, for you, did you? How was your sort of diving? Did you have a mixed bag of, of dive partners and opportunities, um, or was it all sort of good all the way through? I think I'm like the best body and the worst body at the same time. You know, like. Uh, and that's kind of how I plan my week out is uh, really making sure that uh, I do have rest. So I do Bodhi quite a lot because I, I do like to rest. Yep. Um, so I try and drift about a bit between between boats. So uh, depending on kind of the feel for the day. So um, really, I, I really felt quite comfortable straight off the bat, but by day three, I, I did start feeling, and that's probably one of the biggest biggest things for me this trip is I'm pretty disappointed in how I've really not focused on something that I'm really passionate about, and you know I've committed to coming out here for five days and not really, not really felt like I could have. I feel really feel like I could have done a lot more before coming into this trip. Okay. Um, in terms of prep. Yeah, for sure. Not well, what once, sort of prep? Just just fitness. To be honest, okay. yeah, absolutely. Fitness is... Um, so what would you do to prepare better in terms of fitness? Oh, well, I think uh, any type of anaerobic fitness. Like, yeah, you could do your, your techniques, but I think at the end of the day, I, re- I do really understand... Like, I'm, I'm happy with how I dive, but, you know, I still nearly feel like I'm 18 years old still yeah. to this day, you know? So it, it is you nearly ride on that, hey, I used, uh, I'm really... I'm very much a 25-minute diver. I'm very confident here, here, and here, and then... You know, uh, it's been a, a slow three to six months for me, diving-wise. So yeah. coming into here and it's like, right, let's go here. <sighs> yeah, I'm in deep water. <laughs> yeah. um, Bro, you're not alone. Like, everyone I've talked to, like, um, has kind of expressed the same sentiments in different words. Yeah. And I think, um, like I was telling you, two weeks before this trip, I went out for yeah. a Brisbane dive. Yeah. Just absolutely struggled my ass off, even with yeah. simple stuff, 12, 14 metres, which is... 30, 40 feet should be easy. Yeah. Uh, bread and butter diving. Absolutely struggling. Yeah. And like by the end of the day, I think I was maybe hitting some minute dives. Nothing yeah. impressive. Straight back to Brisbane Bull Sharks and just some time in the pool. Um, yeah. You know, just putting in the yards, the yeah. miles, and the time on the legs with the fittings and stuff made a huge difference. I felt like that's that's what helped me to get 
to near, you know, where I've been in the past. Absolutely. Uh, which, which is a good feeling. Right, oh, definitely. Yeah, well, I, th- I think any, any type of prep, really, like it's you, you do, you devote so much time towards something like black spearfishing and in your downtime, let's say after work, whatever it is, you're not really focusing on what, what your real passion is. And I think I've, I've let that lapse this last last <laughs> few months. So, yeah, I wasn't too dive fit, but uh, no, I, I, as far as the trip goes, it was, it was a great trip. Um, You've been out the back throwing um, lures for squid and yeah, yeah, drinking we've... too much with the rest of us <laughs> and enjoying yeah. the food and the socialising. Like, that's as much a part of the trip as the diving, isn't it? Oh, it's hard. It's 90% of the trip, nearly, at the end of the day. Like, you go out, you go out for some sessions. You know, we went out for a 20-minute session, I think, this afternoon, shot <laughs> a few fish for uh, just to make sure that I had – I think I'm having a barbecue on Sunday, so yeah. just to make sure I had a really nice cuddle trout for the barbecue. And uh, you shot a stonker, did yeah? Pardon? You shot a stonker. Oh, I shot one, the good one this morning. Yeah, yeah. I was really happy with that. What oh, was that? Oh. What'd that go? Oh, I don't know. He would have been probably about six or seven kilo. Like, yeah, nice trap. Yeah, yeah. of a trap. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so we did a nice print of him and uh, printed up a few shirts yeah. uh, with some Sumi ink. So that'd be pretty cool to see. Yeah, you did some Goyotaku. It's something I'm looking forward to digging in into with you in the future yeah, as well. We yeah, yeah. to stop by your place and get into Super it. Super quick, eh? Like, I've always done, I've always really been, uh, I really like doing jaws of different species of fish and, um, worked on like timber mounts for them. So, and then spending some time in WA last year, I went I went to a um, food and wine festival in Margaret, Margaret River, and they were doing a guy attacku. Um, wow! And so they did a sample of printing some nanny guy in this restaurant. And then from straight from doing prints to cooking the food, eating the food. Um, That's a cool which, experience. Yeah, it was really cool. It was really um, yeah, I'm really wrapped it. So, so that's what I'm in for at your place. Yeah, exactly. Mate. Right. Yeah, might, might not, the food might be half as good, but the <laughs> rum will be cold. <laughs> <laughs> that's the important thing. Uh, Tay, it's been um, it's been a good trip, bro. Um, you, you're coming out for plenty more of these, I take it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think we've got a uh, cold sea trip in November, so um, yeah. I might have to tender myself on, for think, that. Yeah. What sort of dates are we looking at? Oh, mate. What, what day is it today? <laughs> I'm not even sure. <laughs> it's Thursday the 16th Thursday of September. The 16th, you're straight back to work tomorrow, mate. Yeah, and, me too. Uh, me too. But we'll definitely, uh, yeah. We should get you on that trip, mate. Okay. See you on a dog tooth. Oh, jeepers. I've been, I've been dreaming of it for days. <laughs> for years. Oh, well, we saw a dog tooth on the bunker group. Well, we landed dog yeah, tooth yeah, on yeah. the bunker group. Yeah, Wayne and um, Tim, Tim landed yeah, a couple yeah. of pups. Yeah. Um, but, but well done to them. And, um, Absolutely, yeah. Even on the bunker group, you can get small dog tooth, like yeah. on those outer on the outer reefs. And that's the shimmy. That's the shimmy that uh, Jesse oh. whacked up. Oh. We had one day old um, Spanish that had been chilled back, and the the dog tooth had been maybe chilled for six hours. Yeah. And they were both just absolutely delicious. Because some people criticise dog tooth as not being much good for eating. And, but I'm, and I can be one of those people. Yeah. It, it is, uh, you know, chasing big fish. You 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 have. 40 kilos of fish, 20, whatever it is, it's it's not as good as Spanish mackerel. It's 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 a very flaky kind of meat. Um, it's a lot redder. Yeah. It's a lot redder than Spanish. A lot grayer, yeah. I would say. Not as not as translucent, not as wide a fillet. But um, every time I've been on this trip, every, uh, first first fish, we knock a fillet off, and uh, uh, we've got Jesse and Av, who uh, they've always done this. Uh, well, they've both got a Bit of a variation, but uh, marinating them 
in like a few different things, but one's a, a red curry paste with some lime, things like that, and uh, and some, just some chili oil, ginger, garlic, and then freezing it, pulling it out after about yeah, six six hours or half frozen to the point where you can cut it really thinly. So unbelievable. That's pretty much how we've ate these dog tooth for the last week. Oh. It's been it's been hard. I'm gonna I'm gonna struggle to to put some weight on when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I never struggle with. I'll give you 10 kilo. <laughs> <laughs> no, good shit. All good, bro. Well, um, maybe we'll be chatting again for Coral Sea, but uh, if not before, at your place. Guys, thank or, you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's make it happen. Guys, thank you. Yeah, all good. Cheers, all mate. All right. Hey, guys, good news. Uh, you're not, you're going to have the shortest wait ever to get into the next interview of the News Fair podcast. There's another one dropping hopefully tomorrow with Josh Bollin, one of the awesome Spiro chefs that got involved in 99 Spiro recipes. And we chat all about always learning that mindset, taking it into your spearfishing, taking it into your cooking with whatever you do. He's a very handy guy, a bit of a renaissance man, and uh, very much enjoyed talking to him. I hope you enjoyed the Adreno Capricorn Bunker trip and hearing all about that adventure. If you do want to find out about getting on one of those trips, go to adreno.com.au, check out the, the Capricorn Bunker trips. They also do trips out to the Coral Sea further afield and chase uh, a lot of blue water species. The trip I was on was more focusing on reef fish, but a fantastic environment, really awesome ship, great crew. Can't, cannot recommend the trips highly enough and I hope you've enjoyed though the, the two-part interview I did this time around um, again Josh Bollin joining me back here tomorrow and get on the kickstarter if you haven't already if you love the podcast you really want to support it um, buy an awesome or well, you're not buying you're backing uh, a seafood cookbook before it's already been made it's not going to ship till March next year so if you do get on it by all means, just enjoy it, but back it because you love the project and you believe in it. It's 99 Spare Recipes, actionable meals for the everyday diver. Get into it. Thanks for listening. Adreno.com.au, the home of recipes, blogs, videos, equipment reviews, and an obnoxiously large range of spearfishing equipment for frothers like you. Not only that, but spearfishing trips and courses courses and trips that I sometimes get to go on. Check them out at adreno.com.au. It's a Spiro's best friend. Check them out and if you want to buy gear, pump in the code NoobSpiro to save $20 on every purchase over $200. You can use that online, in-store. Use the code NoobSpiro, save some cash and support the NoobSpiro podcast. Shop with adreno.com.au. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but hoorah! When I say the words neptonics.com, I automatically want to say it. It is solid gear that works. It's the very best of spearing equipment and components from around the planet. Visit neptonics.com. It's solid gear that works. Visit neptonics.com. Use the code NOOB10 to save 10% off. Precision engineered tools for the family jewels. Noob Spiro thanks Manscaped. And so should you. I thank Manscaped. Everyone in my life thanks Manscaped. Because I have got clean goodness down there get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code noobspiro one word at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code noobspiro unlock your confidence always use the right tools for the job with manscaped men if you've been shaving with the same nut trimmer on your face you've been doing it all wrong no person wants to end up with pubes in their mouth go to manscaped.com use the code noobspiro